It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday from August 14th through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare. Four Orthopedics on North Chiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Time for episode 276 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer. We also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, a lot of good stuff happening there, and Success Group Mortgage and servicing but as we always do we're going to try and keep this tight you know it usually rolls to an hour and a half but i I promise (laughs) we won't do that tonight but uh, jared you got some catch-up stuff yeah so it's not much of a you know my first my personal life usual you know work go home sleep uh but this weekend it was it was a surprisingly kind of a big sports weekend but Mm -hmm. what i thought won the weekend no it wasn't jose ramirez uh and tim (laughs) anderson which obviously that was uh wow a wow is right uh, no, it was it was Jake Paul. Uh, and basically what I realized was, I think we talked about it when he lost to Tommy Fury uh, in his whole boxing escapade. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be out. Once he lost, I thought I'd be out on the whole story. I'm still in on it. Uh, he took down Nate Diaz this weekend, kind of a big UFC name who's known for basically never being knocked out. You can't knock the guy out. Jake Paul right. didn't knock him out, but he did knock him down in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. I just love this story. Um I can follow it till its end. I don't know where it's going to end up at. I'm not sure what the next move is for me. I'd love to see him fight his brother. It just <laughs> it's mind blowing to me how much this has shown that boxing really isn't as much about what happens in the ring because even the fight this weekend with Diaz, it was boring. Uh, boxing is just such a stale sport. I can't believe you grew up on that, Ted. The UFC is rightfully so kind of taking the place of the top combat sport, but the outside the ring stuff, it's still top notch when it comes from him. The trash talk, him and Diaz going back and forth leading up to it. I just am fascinated by this kid's story. I mean, he's my age, 
I, I love how he started from nothing. Basically, you know, he famously was a landscaper like me. <laughs> so we have a little bit of a tie there. But I just love this story. And I guess basically what my whole catch-up thing is, on a weekend filled with baseball, Ramirez fighting, I was feverishly watching and following on social to see what the outcome of this fight would be. No matter who he fights, as long as he keeps doing this, I, for one, am going to always be tuning in to see where this story leads. Did you guys feel that at all this weekend, or am I alone? Well, like, yes and no. I didn't. There's not very many fights that I'm going to tune in live for anymore just because one, the cost, or, you know, maybe there's right. not a Mike Tyson versus Lennox Lewis type of draw, you know? Um, but definitely like refreshing Twitter constantly, hoping to see the knockout or hoping to right. see something because you're, you are right. I mean, people can rip on the guy all he, all you want. And, you know, he admits it. He doesn't care about all the haters. Uh, I just looked it up quick. His, his net worth is $60 million. <laughs> and like you said, basically from nothing, he, from nothing to basically just a YouTuber, you know, he's, he's gotta be one of the first YouTubers that's made it like yeah. this big. And, you know, I becoming, it's still kind of a joke a little bit what he's doing, but he's turning into, you you can't argue it, a legitimate prize fighter in the boxing world. At some point, he's got to start fighting actual boxers, though, if you want to take him seriously. I did see after the fight, him and Diaz agreed, who knows if it'll actually happen, but to right. do an MMA fight, yeah, uh, that would be interesting because I think Nate Diaz would absolutely destroy him in the octagon. Because like you said, no one can knock this Nate Diaz out, you know, so you, you put him in an octagon. I mean, I wouldn't want to take a punch from Jake Paul, but I think Nate Diaz would be just fine. Um, so no, kind of answer your question. It, he's, it, you give him all the credit in the world for building up his brand. We were talking to Tony Nash last week at AZ. He has done that. That's for sure. Because whether you love him or hate him, you're going to follow what he does and you want to see if he got knocked out or you want to see if he won his fight. So it's funny. What, what wasn't his first like real fight versus Nate Robinson? The in former uh, NBA second fight. His first fight was against another YouTuber called Deji. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so, right. A YouTuber. And then he fought a former NBA, NBA player. Yeah. And now it kind of yeah. reminds me just real quick. You know, like you saying the outside, outside the ring stuff. Remember when Conor McGregor, boxed floyd mayweather right that's that was a little more legitimate than like some of this stuff but you kind of knew there's no way mcgregor was going to beat floyd mayweather in a boxing match but it was all that outside the ring stuff the trash talk the promotion it was awesome and I, that fight i did watch live so yeah well you'd be surprised but you know this jake paul thing it is a bit intriguing and i am an old-time boxing fan but you know what he is not bad he is not a bad boxer I mean, obviously he hasn't faced anybody of the top caliber, but, you know, what he's done is, like you said, $60 million already in his portfolio. Uh, you know, if any three of us, can we name any other boxer right now? I mean, Canelo I can't Alvarez, really right off the top of my head. Yeah. So, I mean, he's... Terrence he's Crawford. He's like the one that just won that big fight a couple of weeks ago, right? Okay. So right. you got one. Right. But I'll tell you what. Canelo Al Alvarez is the, like, big name, right? Okay. Yeah, it, but right, no, to your point, no, we, other than that, Floyd Mayweather, can we still say him? <laughs> I suppose you can, but if anybody's talking about boxing, they are talking about Jake Paul. So, right. hey, good good for him. And it's, uh, you know, he it just goes to show you where everything is going nowadays to go from YouTube or social media 
to really making big money. I mean, some people know how to figure it out. I applaud them. I would never in a million years be able to figure it out. I could barely use my mouse to click on something. So <laughs> it's it's definitely for the younger generation. You know, uh, just catching up on my end a little bit, uh, and we'll talk more about it. It is fair week, and you know what that means. I mean, it means the start of high school sports training, especially football. Uh, let's talk a little prep spotlight presented by the Jacobs Insurance Agency. I was thinking about this with the high school sports practices to begin, and not that we want to put any additional pressure on our Corona Cavaliers, but, you know, if they stay healthy and they keep it together, they can make a deep run and possibly, just possibly, you know, when I think about all the games I've done at Ford Field in the Silverdome, you know, right in our neck of the woods, Chesanine, New Lothrop, Chesanine, a couple of state championships, New Lothrop, three of them, Morris has a state championship. Will this be the year? The Corona Cavaliers, as we've talked about before, a football school, can they make that deep run and maybe make it to the dome? I don't know. And I don't, I don't think the three of us could even fathom what that would be like. I, I think it would almost for the for the town of Corona or even you know Shiawassee County, it would be like what we've talked about. If the Lions ever made a Super Bowl, like that kind of hysteria, because like you said, it is a football town. It is a yeah. football town. Nick and East Field is packed every Friday night, you know, for the most part, unless Halloween is going on or something like that. But, you know, Nick and East Field on Friday nights when they're home is packed. You're right. And, I mean, we talked to the Bauer brothers, you know, a few weeks ago, and we've talked about it with with some of the media members for in the area and stuff. They they really have they have everything you need. They've got star players. They've got a coach, you know, a veteran coach. They've got a bunch of um senior leadership a bunch of people who've played a lot of varsity football so oh yeah everything is there for corona to to make a run but we we all know you got to get lucky you got to stay healthy like you mentioned and you know you can't let some teams sneak up on you i know they've got a few tough games but really looking at their schedule i mean that you know there's no reason they should not make the playoffs at minimum right so I'll I'll definitely be keeping tabs. That's for sure. It's it's just the thing that always keeps coming back to me. And it's funny we're talking about the high school football season, and we can get back to the actual teams and players real quick. But um, Ted, it just was it was a bit of a last opportunity getting your sort of you know last dance style <laughs> dot on this magic potentially magical Corona season. I mean, I, I feel a little bit ripped off that we never got to see that. I mean, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I. I I would be curious. I, I know you got some plans and, you know, you do have to do a couple for the castle um, and you have a couple other ideas going on, but if all of a sudden it's really looking three, four, five weeks into the season, like, man, this might be, this might be the team. I'm wondering if that semi-retired gets dusted off and you're out there, you're following the calves around all season. Are you, well, are you, I can assure you there that there's going to be a presence by this old guy at Cavalier games without a doubt. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm not plan. I said this to my wife. I mean, you know, I'm not planning on stepping on our new guys, Casey's toes, but you can be well assured when they get to the playoffs, it will be a three man booth. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, you're like, I just worry, you know, that's good to hear because I was a bit worried kind of like <laughs> Joe Pa, man, where as soon as he, football was gone, it's he croaked, you know, yeah. a, a week later. So I, I just, I worry about that with you. So I'm glad that you're, keeping your toe in uh, yeah, no, yeah. There's a lot to be excited in this area. I mean, Corona, obviously that's kind of a, it's nice when you get a team outside of new Lothrop, that's going to have a little bit of weight gravitas and it's, it's something to really look forward to and watch in our area. And then that's going to be Corona this year. So I'm excited. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and you got to wonder if, if Durand, I know they kind of had a magical run, ended a little shorter than they hoped, hoped for last year, but you wonder if they're going to come back. New Lothrop obviously is always around. Yeah. They'll just um, reload. Yeah. They're always reloading. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of storylines. Speaking of storylines, yeah, we, we're talking prep spotlight. Prep pigskin preview will be coming in what two weeks? Sixth so, annual, six of them. We've this will be our sixth. Is that true? Yep, sixth wow. annual prep pigskin preview, which we say it every year that we do this. Honestly, one of the coolest shows that we do every year. Um, it, it keeps building up steam at you know, as we, we've done five of them already. This will be the sixth. Yep, media members, experts from around the around the state. Not just the county, not just our area, not just any the whole state getting covered, giving little previews of all their their coverage areas. So it's pretty it's cool. We say it every year in one podcast, one one you know little hour. It ends up usually being like an hour and a half. You get a preview of the whole state of Michigan high school football. I, I always think it's really cool. Yeah, what a way to juice up for that opening night on Thursday and Friday, the first week there, the twenty fourth. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I yeah. can't wait for football, high school, college, and pro. I just can't wait for it. And our pigskin preview is always just a ton of fun to put together. And uh, again, one of our title sponsors for that is Jacobs Insurance Agency. So salute to them. It is funny too. You, you teed this whole segment up with it's fair week. Mm -hmm. I know. Again, we've talked about this before previously, but it's funny how. I mean, maybe, you know, not not everywhere. Obviously, it's maybe just a Corona Owasso, you know, Shiawassee County thing. Those two-a-days, you know, two-a-days in fair week, they go hand in hand. Yep. One of my buddies texted, um, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, uh, a group chat. He was like, is the Shiawassee County Fair going on right now? And I said, <laughs> yeah, two-a-day started. So what, what are you asking? <laughs> so, you know, we always laugh about that. You know, two-a-days, fair week, they go together. And the sweet corn is ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a magical time of year. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Just summer. Breeze us through it, man. Get us to that first weekend of games. High school and then obviously college and NFL is going to follow shortly behind. So great time Amen. of year. Amen. Well, we're going to get deep into a little football, specifically some college football. Also, little news coming out of Lions training camp we might want to touch upon. We'll do that right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. 
Tori Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, guys. I mean, the big story, you know, Big Ten added teams a while back, and we've been watching it from the side. We had the big uh, NIL debacle. That's what I call it. I mean, it just Mm kind of sent things out of control. But now Big Ten is the Big 18, probably going to be Big 20. There's going to be all kinds of shifting still on the college football landscape. Let's get into that a little bit. Good, bad, indifferent. I don't know. More indifferent for me. I mean, again, I've I've referenced this group chat I have with with some buddies. A few of the guys in it, I I swear they get off to conference realignment because anytime like news or or rumors or anything, they're sending the tweets, they're sending the articles, they're sending all this. And honestly, I'm just always like, is Michigan still going to be playing? For the most part, that's all I care about. I mean, (laughs) like when it comes down to it. I don't care if they're playing USC in the regular season, if they're playing Texas like they're supposed to next year, if they're going to have to go out to UCLA or if Oregon is going to come to the big house for a regular season game in November. You know, that's all really cool. It sounds really fun. But for the most part, I mostly just care about is Michigan playing. Now, you know, that that doesn't really help having a podcast or, you know, something like this where we want to talk about conference realignment. I think it's all pretty crazy because, I mean – People talking about these are supposed to be student athletes, right? Students first, then athletes. And we're going to talk about sending kids from Oregon, from L.A., you know, UCLA, USC, you know, stuff like that, way out to Maryland. You know, football season won't be that big of a deal because you're only flying out like whatever, Thursday night, Friday, whatever. But talk, you know, come baseball, hockey, basketball season, when these kids are, are they going to be flying back, you know, cross country? multiple times are they going to try and like fly out east knock out like maryland penn state Rutgers, knock out all those teams in like one swing so then they're away from school for like a week or two i've seen people talk about some athletes have come out and said this is going to make travel for our families almost impossible if they want to go to away games so like when you talk about all that kind of stuff and you're still trying to act like these are student athletes um yeah, it's a little hypocritical, right? Because yeah, mean... don't, don't don't you think they probably ultimately will just do it in football? Is it? I mean, no, it, does, it doesn't make sense no, for no, the no. rest of the rest of the team. Way too confusing. Here's the thing: I can't. I don't like this. I, I hate how. Listen, so these these Division One athletes, they got a better education than I ever did. I mean, they are in these meetings all the time. They're getting private tutors. They're listen. They learn ten times more than I learned in college. That's for sure. As for the travel, travel it doesn't bother me so much. I mean, they're traveling, they're traveling in class, man. I mean, they're getting stipends to pay for things on the road. They're, you know, you think about Oregon, Phil Knight. You think they're flying, you know, in, in class passengers? No, they're probably flying on a private plane. Uh, and for the people that are complaining about these Michigan students, you know, going out west. I mean, what kid doesn't want to go out west in the middle of winter basketball season and go to California, <laughs> USC, UCLA? I just, I don't think. I think we over put emphasis on this student athlete part. I think they're still getting good educations. No, it's not ideal. I, I, I agree with that. Academics, not, not ideal that they're going to have to do all this traveling, uh, but it is what it is. I, I mean, 
the the way conferences were set up way back when is because you couldn't go very far. You had to drive. Now you can fly all these places. We see it all the time in the NFL. Uh, and again, that's not having to do with academics, but they fly every week. They're flying all over the place. They're flying to London for God's sakes. And they don't, they seem to be fine with it. Um, overall, it's important to know, I think as well for us, the big 10 fans, our conference wasn't messed up. It wasn't our rivalries getting screwed over. Um, so I think it's important to note that maybe we don't have the same view that those people on the West coast would have. Uh, so I think it's important. I'm, I'm going all over the place. Let me start here. Well, there, there's a lot. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. To it. <laughs> so there three is. weeks, think about, think about just starting with the, the TV product. We all won. I love this realignment. Think about all the times. Maybe. I think, wait, real quick. Did you tweet or did someone, I saw someone, until there's like, what if Michigan is at USC? They would never do this. But And they put that game at 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast. That's when we might not win. That, that would be my only argument. Today. Right. They would never put USC Michigan at 10 o'clock, but right. say, so, you know, you know, cause pack pack 12 after dark was always a thing. Like, did we really stay up? I think that's what killed their conference, man. Right. I mean, the, the people out there, they don't care about football. Look at the stands. You go to Stanford, nobody's in the stands. Uh, like Washington state probably drew more fans than any of those schools, Washington state, Washington, USC, hardly anybody in the stands, UCLA, nobody in the stands. Right. So right. it's like we, they were catering to this audience that was never there. And now we get rid of that stupid 10 o'clock. Now there's, I'm sure there still will be some 10 o'clock games. We get rid of that 10 o'clock time slot that almost nobody ever watched. And you look at the schedule year in and year out when the college football games fall where they fall, you always would look and there'd be like three, three weekend, three weekends a year where you look at the college football slate and you're like, this kind of sucks. There's always the one of the first few weeks of the year where we're still not in a conference play. You're like, man, there's nothing to really watch. There's always the, the week where the SEC doesn't play each other that you're like, man, this sucks. There's no good games on. We are getting rid of that by having all these teams now in these conferences. I love it. Now we're going to get those Washington versus Michigan State matchups that we love already that are non-conference. It's going to be every year now. Uh, and, and I feel like a lot of these rivalries really aren't going to be lost. I mean, Washington's already came out and said they still want to play Washington State. I think Oregon's probably still going to play Oregon State, you know, one of those first few games every year. I just don't think rivalries are what they once were. The tradition isn't always correct. Just because the tradition doesn't mean it's right. I mean, as soon as Notre Dame lost the rivalry with Michigan, or us as Michigan fans lost that rivalry with Notre Dame, it's like, what rivalries are sacred anymore? So, yeah, there's Michigan-Ohio State. That'll probably forever always happen. But once that rivalry is gone, I mean, what's even a rivalry? Uh, so I have no problem with this. People are really losing their minds saying it's going to ruin college football. In my opinion, games like the Rose Bowl and these conference, you know, aligned games such as the Rose Bowl and Cotton Bowl or whatever, they were ruined as soon as the playoff came around anyway. So yep. what is the big deal about combining some of these teams, making some super conferences, making it more like the NFL where every week is uh, great games every single weekend? I love it. I, I don't, I'm not a traditionalist in my lifetime. You know, there's always been realignment, whereas you guys maybe grew up in that true traditionalist. Ted, you probably more so than Matt. Mm-hmm. That true traditionalist lifestyle of college football where it was the SEC, it was the Big 12, it was Pac-12. It was so segmented, and they had those big Rose Bowl games. I never had that in my life. So I just, I'm, I, I just am not bothered by it. I actually love it. I can't wait to see what the future holds with those games like Texas joining the sec USC playing Michigan in September. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to argue. I mean, even me, the traditionalist of the three of us, uh, times have changed and I don't think this is a terrible thing for college football in general. And, uh, the Big Ten. And, you know, do they stop now at 18 or do they look for two more? I know I know people have been saying, you know, they look at, 
uh, Stanford or Cal or maybe Florida State Clemson to get down south. Any thoughts on that? I mean, you don't think they're done, do you? I mean, if some of the other conferences fold, like they've, they've talked about the, you know, it's the Pac-4 now, that's all that's left. Well, they got to move, yeah. They might join up with the ACC and kind of form a super conference there. That would kind of work. Or you the, the Pac-4 could just absorb the Mountain West and they could all kind of stay out there. And that'd be a decent conference with all those teams. So it all depends on that. And I mean, the biggest thing is TV money. And right. that's that's really the only reason this is happening is because you look at the TV contracts with the Big Ten Network and, you know, obviously ESPN, Fox, NBC, you know, everything. Um, conference, that's where they make their money. <laughs> these yeah. these schools and these conferences make a ton of money off of TV. And so that's why you want. Think about, like, Jared, you were laying out. Every week in the Big Ten is going to have insane matchups. Yes. Even, you know, you don't talk about Michigan, even like a – you know, Washington versus Wisconsin, you know? Yeah. Right. I, Iowa goes out and plays UCLA. That could be a super intriguing game. Like that could be really cool. The big 10 every week and the sec, you know, once Texas and Oklahoma join, it's going to be every week. It's going to be every week is going to be marquee matchups, which is all TV money. Now the issue that's going to come back down to it is technically, I know, like you said, the, the student athletes get, stipends and they get free education all that kind of stuff they don't necessarily get a cut of that tv money so that's where it starts to really get kind of almost feel a little dirty you know you got the conferences and the schools making billions of dollars off of these student athletes that are getting none of that money so I'll, the, the big football if you'd be fine we all know that football's king in this country football's going to be fine I'll, I'll be curious when those non, you know, non-revenue sports start traveling all over the country and they're away from school. They're having to do Zoom classes all week and stuff like that. I'll be curious how that goes. I'm sure it'll end up being fine because, you know, like conferences, what it was back in like 2012 when SEC picked up some teams, when Nebraska and, and Rutgers, Rutgers, Maryland, you know, they were joining the Big Ten, the Big East folded, you know, all that kind of stuff happened. People were saying like, this is all crazy. What It's going to ruin the sport. Now it just it's just the normal of, of you know the, the conferences. So I'm sure five, six, seven years ago from now, eight years from now, it'll just be three or four super conferences, and that's just how it is. You yep. know, it, but I will be honest, it, it kind of bothers me, Ted, that you don't have a strong that you don't you don't <laughs> love the old guard. I mean, that's you. I mean, I kind of have this fake persona I put on you, but you have, yeah, I mean, you are have. you kidding me though? Like, well, how are you just rolling over so easily? What is like it really doesn't bother you? You're all for it. I just I, that surprises me. Well, we're we're past my bothering stage. I mean, when when it went from more than ten teams in the Big Ten, I was annoyed right. then. You know, it has evolved, and yeah, I could get really annoyed with it. But what good would it do? We're still going to see good college football, and it's not going to affect my Saturday much. You know, there like we've talked, there's going to be good matchup. I, I would love to say, and I'd love to take that stance, Jared, that. Oh, I'm just, I won't take this. I won't stand for this, but I'm also, you know, for an old guy, I do roll with the flow sometimes. And what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way it is. It's so how it's going to be. If we have a football season where, you know, say big 10 does ha add two more teams and they have to do some rotating schedule. Like you said, Jared, it, it seems like they'll always try to protect one rivalry. So probably Michigan, Ohio state. What if we go two or three years without having Michigan, Michigan State? 
because they're having to rope because they're having to rotate. But you know, they keep right. Michigan, Ohio State. Would that be cool with you? Like, no. I almost feel like I mean, you, you have to protect Michigan, Ohio State. But for the in-state thing, I'd almost rather them protect Michigan, Michigan State. Well, you got to do both. <laughs> you do, yeah, right? But I don't know. What do you, I? I agree. That's where it would be. Like, what are we doing? It's it would right. lose me at that point. Um, I, I don't know. That's that is a worry that I do have. I could see it happening. Um, well, we've it, already it, seen it in basketball. Out. We've seen it in basketball where they've played one time a year, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as like, long as it, you know, like, one game, I don't care what once, twice. I mean, we see, we've had years where Michigan's lost to Michigan State three times in the goddamn basketball season. <laughs> I, so right. I, I'm not. I don't care. You just need that one matchup. Right. And in football, it is that's the biggest. Michigan, Ohio State's great and all. In terms of being a Michigan resident and living here, Matt, maybe you don't feel it so much, but I still think you do because your hatred runs deep, like mine for Michigan yeah. State. That is the biggest weekend of the year. I love that yeah. Saturday. Second such a great Saturday, tailgating, <laughs> everything. Uh, you know, there'd be like the commerce report on how Michigan businesses boom that Saturday. I guarantee it's up there. You yeah. can't so lose then, that. Route. So then, Ted, kind of because you you chimed in with the second biggest. Keep, keep what, laying it out. What if they go the other way? What if they only protect one? And they only protect Michigan, Michigan State, and Michigan doesn't play Ohio State for four years. Blasphemy. So then- <laughs> Blasphemy. Then I'm gonna yeah. get on my soapbox. No right. way in hell. Can yeah. never get rid of Michigan, Ohio State. That day that happens, I'm out. I am out. <laughs> well, and I get I, I preface this whole thing by saying we're pretty much all okay with it because it's not our it's not our rivalries, it's not our games that got screwed up. I mean, right, right. Pac-12 only has themselves to blame. The fans really didn't care, and that showed in the TV money, that showed in everything that that conference has had to happen in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, so they only have themselves to blame. And so that's why these rivalries really weren't protected because nobody cared. They didn't yeah. even care. I right. still feel like you're not really hearing much of an outcry from those people out west. But if Michigan and Michigan State that game got canceled, oh. dear God, it'd be there might be riots. Uh, it'd be mayhem, especially right now with no kidding with as heated as that robbery is. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very curious in the next. I mean, what two or three, four years, especially once the the college football playoff expands, maybe that changes things again because you know more teams will be eligible to make the college football playoff. But I mean, you you would think that maybe. You know, like their Florida State is already talking about leaving the ACC. If they see that the SEC and the Big Ten are just booming with these uh, additions, maybe schools like Clemson is getting their North Carolina. Maybe they're going to be like, "Man, get us out of the ACC. We want to go join the Big Ten. We want to go right. join right join the SEC." You know, the one school that. Uh... I don't know what you guys think about it is Notre Dame. Do you think that they're ever going to end up in a conference or you think they're sitting in the catbird seat and just loving it? I don't know. I think they're loving it. I kind of love that Notre Dame's independent. I mean, if I had yeah. it my way, I think we'd all would love to see them in the big 10. If they were going to join a conference, I think it's the ACC just from that's where they've aligned in other sports. Right. I love that they're holding out. I, I don't know what would stop them from doing that as long as they have this TV deal uh, and they're, and they're making cash and they're getting recruits and they're in the national picture, which they always have been. I don't know right. why they would change, but would other schools or other conferences be like, we're going to stop scheduling you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe that would never happen. I, I don't think if Mich- if Notre Dame called up Michigan and Michigan's going to turn down that great game, I don't think that would happen, but I don't know. It, it That's a funny thing to say. I like that Notre Dame's independent and I think they've handled it perfectly. Not rushing to a decision, kind of wait until they have to move is what I would do with them. That offer to the big 10, the ACC, it's always going to be there. Why yeah. do it before you have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it really just comes down to that. Jared said it basically. It's that TV money with NBC. 
Yep. As long as they're going to pay it, why would why would Notre Dame join a conference? You know, well, if, I know if they NBC the, goes away from it, then yeah, they have the one game on Peacock. Now, let's say that NBC says we're going to put your games on Peacock. If I'm Notre Dame, I'm getting out of that ASAP. Right. <laughs> right. So as long as they are still on the big the big channel and they're not being streamed, stay with them as long as you can. Yeah, and I think Notre Dame, even if NBC bails out because you know they they spent their money, there's other networks out there that would jump on Notre Dame. I think, and I doubt if college football, the different universities out there, would do a boycott against Notre Dame. You know, for not joining a conference. I think there's just too much allure, too much money, even when you're playing them in a you know non-league game. I I think Notre Dame personally is setting right where they want to be. Stay independent. And and ride it out. That's you, what I well, and not not just the TV money thing. T- they also don't have to play a conference championship. So they they also yeah. with with the college football playoff. Yes, they do schedule some tough you know non conference games. I mean, all their games are non conference, but they do have make a pretty tough schedule. But really, they get out kind of easy. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. they don't have to. You know, like Michigan in theory has to turn play Ohio State that last week of the year and then turn around and win the Big Ten championship before they can get to the playoff. Notre Dame doesn't have to do that. So not only do they get paid a ton of money to be on NBC, they can avoid the whole conference thing and just try and make the playoff. Right. And with 12 teams, there's a pretty they're good gonna, chance they'll do it every year. the last time they finish outside the top 10. I mean, it's right. like they're going to be the playoff every year. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like they, they play, they schedule like one or two tough games. They're going to lose one of them. And they'll get in with one loss every year. And they'll be uh, playing. For, they'll just be playing for seeding in the tournament. Yeah. You, you know what basically. I hate, though? And this is kind of a funny hate, but I hate that the Big Ten has the name the Big Ten, that the Big 12 <laughs> has the name the Big 12. I know we talk about you laugh about how they have 18 teams now. This was perfect for the SEC, the ACC, uh, this expansion. It's like it doesn't matter to them. They Their name right. still fits. And I think that we would be less uh, hateful of the kind of expansion here in the, US, the USC and UCLA is if this name wasn't Big Ten, like if they if they made it something that encompassed the Midwest as long as well as this West Coast team that they have. Right. I just hate the name. I don't know huh. what they change it to. I don't want them to change the name because that's tradition. But uh, I just hate that they settled on that name back in 1905 or whenever. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> so. That's branding, man. Branding. Yeah. They're, not, say, they're not changing it. I'll, no, I'll be curious not. if they do change it because I mean they I don't know what would go into rebranding the every stadium in the conference every you know all the media stuff you know I, probably not that big of a deal but yeah and then what yeah are you really going to rebrand it to Big 18 because then what if you add two more teams you're going to have to rebrand it to Big 20 yeah. so yeah like what what are they just leave it Big 10 it is what right. it is it's big, it's stupid leave it Big 10 they have a great logo they really do yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I think I don't think you can beat the SEC, man. Everything about the name, the logo, what it stands for, the South is perfect. But yeah. I, I don't. Big Ten, there's a reason it's it stood the test of time, despite being 18 teams now. Yeah. Uh, one silver line, or I, we all love it. But another, you know, kind of bonus, we're gonna get rid of the stupid leaders and legends, and what that has always turned into a shitty Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's maybe what I'm most excited for is to get this Big Ten commissioner to shake his head a little bit. And fix that because that's always been a problem that for some reason never got addressed until it literally had to with the addition of USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. So I'm just glad that we're finally going to get maybe a Big Ten championship game worth something. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, there's been a couple of years when maybe Wisconsin is pretty good, Iowa, but yeah, it's been Northwestern sneaks in, you know, Purdue last year against Michigan was they were they were a solid team, but 
you know, you kind of knew that Michigan was going to win that game. So right yeah. now you switch it up and it's say Ohio state versus USC in the big 10 title game. That's so a pretty that's big deal. Rose bowl right there. I mean, right. yeah. What more do you need? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. Well, it's going to be fun. And, you know, before we talk just a little lion football, Michigan, what preseason now, uh, number two, is that where they're coming in at? Number two. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's number one, Georgia? I didn't even look oh, yeah. it up. Number one's Georgia, of yeah. course. And, you know, Ohio State. It, then the usual suspects, Ohio right. State, Bam Alabama, up. you know, all those teams. It's just one of those things. I I don't want to get too excited because it's Michigan. And <laughs> Can I ask you like, something seriously, Matt? And I've, you're the perfect guy because you, along with a lot of other Michigan fans, are really getting geared up this year. I am too. How do you look at that TCU game last year and kind of just flush it down the toilet and start like set like everybody's setting their sights on Georgia and it, it's just like it will never face a weaker team in the college football playoff than what we saw in TCU. How, yeah. how do I look past that? Tell me why I should look past that basically. I mean, no, I'm, I'm with you. And that's what I've said. Like I, if you know, the first year when they lost to Georgia, that Georgia team was basically an NFL team. I mean, they just, they just ran, ran Michigan over, but to make it two years in a row and to lose both games that you played and the second one being against a very, very beatable TCU team that really they should have beat. That's where I just feel like, and you've beaten Ohio state two years in a row. It doesn't happen very often that you're going to beat them three years in a row. So are you going to make the playoff again? And what have to match up with, I don't even know, maybe Alabama's resurgent this year and you're going to have to play them or maybe it will be a Georgia, you know? So no, I, I, whenever I see people on Twitter, you know, post highlights, if you want, highlights, lowlights, whatever of that TCU game, it still just pisses me off. Cause it's like, I, I wouldn't I'll have cared if they, if they were to beat TCU and then went and lost to Georgia, it would have been like, cool. At least they got a win in the playoff. You know, it's a stepping stone, Yep. but I, I feel like something stupid is going to happen this year. They're going to lose the, I don't know, Illinois or something stupid. You know, one of those classic Michigan. They almost did last year. Yeah. They forget to show up, but you know, four or five turnovers and, they're losing in mid October to ruin the season, but yeah. no, everything's there. They, they're, they're as complete a team as Harbaugh's had. That's for yep. sure. I do think, and there'd be no way for me to ever prove this if push comes to shove and Michigan lines up against Georgia in the college football playoff. I do think last year's loss to TCU is going to be a big difference because they didn't get that experience to play Georgia last year. Say what mm-hmm. you will. They probably would have got stomped, but Seeing what that looks like, you know, seeing with how fast you have to be, how hard you got to work to get to their level a year later, I think that was a, a very valuable experience that Michigan missed out on. And I think okay. come this year, where I think they really do have a chance, the talent to match up with Georgia, maybe win a national championship, that experience is, is going to come back and bite them. They're going to be terrified of Georgia still. And Georgia, and what we learned from the SEC teams, when the lights are brighter, they always show up. We saw it with TCU last year. It looked like a peewee team versus, uh, versus, <laughs> versus NFL team. And we know that obviously Georgia was a lot better, but it wasn't that big of a difference. Right. And I just think Michigan never got to get to a true national stage, a national championship game, work the kinks out. This year it's going to be all brand new to them if they do make it that far. And I do think it's something that's really going to come back and haunt them. And it just it's depressing. I really do think that that was a necessary thing they needed last year that they didn't get if they're serious about winning a national championship this year. That that's actually a, a real good point, Jared. I, I applaud you on that. You, you're that? right. You're right on. How about that? How about that? All right, let's just move. Let's just call it a pod after that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Let's uh, 
The Lions just made they they made my wish come true. They signed a backup quarterback. How yeah. about that? Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. So that's what you're talking about. They signed Teddy Bridgewater. He, you know, probably passed past his prime or you know Maybe. whatever. But you know, for a backup quarterback, it's the best they've Perfect. had. I, I think I tweeted out since, since Sean Hill, probably however many years ago that was, and I. It's almost like finally. I don't know if it was a Campbell thing, Brad Holmes, you know, whoever. They they finally saw like this team is good, yeah. So we better make sure you know you hope that Jared Goff doesn't get hurt, but if that does happen, that we have an actual NFL quarterback to go to because the last few years, even some of those years when when Stafford was a guy, I think Ted, you were the backup quarterback for the Lions. Yeah, I think so I it was. was like it was like if Jared Goff goes down, your your season is basically done. Right. So it, it's almost like they saw, hey, look, look, this this team is good. So let's sign a backup quarterback who we can put in if we have to. And, you know, he can run that Is this concerning to you guys? Does this make you think that they're like, "Mm, maybe Hennon Hooker's not? I mean, Hennon Hooker, who's like 25 years old, (laughs) maybe he's not ready. That was a little bit more eye-opening. I thought they had their backup quarterback. So I think this this year, this year, though. Yeah, I don't think he's even like physically able to play still for a few months. That's true with the ACL. Right, right. And, and, you know, Bridgewater, if, if Goff goes down week one, we're 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 in a deep shit anyway, you oh. know. But if if he gets injured and Bridgewater has to come in for two for or three weeks. games, yeah, right, right, we're okay. You know, we're what we had before. We weren't. No, <laughs> no. God, no, we weren't. Yeah, because what was it? Still Nate wow. Sudfield or something like I that. Think so. so like nothing against him, you know. But you know, he he wasn't going to carry the water. So uh, you no, know, hey. I think I think Bridgewater was a was an excellent signing as a backup yeah. quarterback. Finally, it will be uh, off my list. To talk backup <laughs> quarterbacks for the Lions. If he, I tell you what, if he, like, let's, if this scenario happens, I will, I will personally send you one hundred dollars, Ted. All right. This exact scenario, playoff game. Jay Goff goes down. Backup quarterback comes in. They win a ball game. I will personally send you one hundred dollars. <laughs> I hope. Room. I hope I don't have to get my hundred dollars, but. <laughs> um, I have one thing real quick. I'll, I'll be quick on this because yeah. Uh, but NFL, and this is something I, I wrote up last week, but we didn't have time to get to it. You know, the big thing right now with with the lack of actual football being on the screen is the jerseys. The jerseys have been making a big renaissance in terms of alternates, and they're all throwbacks. Back to your day, Ted. All right. And I just felt the need, and think about the, the key ones that have come out. You know, the Eagles announcing their new Kelly Greens they're going to wear a couple times. Love those. Uh, or their old school th- retro Kelly Greens. Tennessee Titans wearing the Houston Oilers classic yeah. uniforms. The Browns going back to their 1946 all white uniforms. Mm-hmm. The Jets all whites with the with the old school logo on the green helmets. Seattle Seahawks 1990s uniforms. Buccaneers creamsicle uniforms. Vikings purple people people eaters. Even like the Dallas Cowboys, they've never had to change their logo because it's always been so great from back in those old time days. Right. The Lions still haven't figured that out. We knew that. We've talked about their alternates. We don't like them. They're <laughs> ugly. They're horrible. But we've always talked about how much we love those 80s uniforms. So I don't have much to say on this, more so than I tell you what, Ted, with your guys' old uniform concepts on today's modern technology and sweet-looking helmets and equipment, you guys really nailed it. You really mm-hmm. did. It's the best. And it's we got to go backwards. Our yeah. uniforms have gotten worse and worse. No, and worse. I agree with you on that. Holy you God. know, the whole, the whole old-school 50s or 60s logo on the helmet, I, I don't like it on the helmet, but... I actually bought a hat with that logo on it. It looks oh, it for looks, the Lions, you mean? Yeah, Lions. Mm-hmm. Looks, no, it, it looks, you're you're right, Jared. They're going back to these throwbacks, and it's kind of like my childhood. Yeah. You know, definitely Ted's prime. Uh, you know, yep. watching sports, but because most of those the uniforms that they're going back to are 
like when I was a kid. They're fire. And they're really the best. It's the same with the NBA. Even, you know, MLB is probably back in like Ted's like the 70s, you know, like the old Astros, the old White Sox, (laughs) some of those old old uniforms that are the best old, you know, powder blue Royals. So the MLB might be different, but the NFL and NBA, the best uniforms they ever had were in the like late 80s, early 90s. And that's what I, I don't know what the Lions are doing. And actually, I wish the Lions would bring back those those black uniforms that they had right. for those few years with, you know, Roy Williams and uh, like John Kitna, you know, that era. But I don't know. It's like, some bad juju on them. That's the only re- I, I agree. They that would be yeah. cooler than what they have, but they, they just have cool. some bad juju on them. That's the only yeah. reason I wouldn't be in favor of that. No, some some of these throwbacks are great though, and you know when it comes down to it, it's just a uniform. But you know, it, it's something exciting, like you said, for the fans to talk. Isn't about. it weird though how it's like it's you think of everything in sports have gotten better, but the uniforms have gotten worse. Take a look mm-hmm. at the Buccaneers uniforms now, that ugly gray with that red, compared to these these creamsicle uniforms with the white helmet and the creamsicle face mask. It's like comical. I, it's just kind of mind blowing how far away we've gone from that, and I don't know how it happened. I guess it was kind of your era, Matt, that sort of did that in my area is kind of taking it, you know, the Gen Zers are taking it to the next level with these Oregon type bullshit. But what is this? And, and, and what is your guys' favorite uniform of all time? Mine it's it's, it's no brainer. It's, it's the Tennessee Titans, Houston Oilers uniforms. Those are classic. Those are, those are nice. My favorite favorite's the uh, 49, 49ers. I love the 49ers. That's a classic. Like, like the Steve Young, Joe Montana era. 49ers. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, those those are nice. Um, man, put me on the spot. Those the the Kelly Green, the Eagles ones that they're gonna bring back, those are pretty great. I love the Falcons ones, all black with the black helmet and <laughs> yeah, and the black falcon on there, you know, like the Deion Sanders era. Um, those are pretty cool. But no, those those Eagles ones. I like the Seahawks ones too that they're bringing back with that. The yeah, I don't know down the side. rid of those in the first place. That was yeah. that was crazy. You got to think for the most part, like you said, the Cowboys have always, everyone all over the country have a, have a Cowboys hat. Like same with the Yankees. Yankees will never have to change their uniforms. It's just a marketing thing, right? Try and sell more hats, try and sell more jerseys. So yeah, you change up the colors and stuff like that. I hope people go out and buy new Jersey, new sweatshirt, you know, whatever. You know, like, like, and here's the thing. There are some teams that never have nailed their uniforms. Like I think the Pistons have never really had great uniforms. I don't know if it's the logo. I don't know if it's colors. I still feel like they haven't ever nailed it, but it's just, I don't know if it's because these teams, like it's like, it's looked back on, like you screwed up. If you go back to these old, old, you know, retro uniforms or whatever, they're just the best. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at you, the teams you named. I mean, I agree. 49ers are classic Cowboys, Matt, the Cowboys pants. You can't beat those. The light blue right. uh, with the white home whites, just the best uniforms, maybe in all sports. So just yeah. a depressing but more depressing thing to talk about that the uniform sucks so much nowadays, but more of a pat <laughs> on the back to you, Ted, and your generation, you got one thing, right? Thank you. Thank <laughs> there you, you go. <laughs> Compliments flying tonight on this podcast. Oh, How about you that? must be feeling good. Yeah. I know we're, we're, we're trying to keep it tight because we're, we're probably right. going to move on. I wanted to throw something out uh, before we step away from sports. So this pack past weekend down at MIS was yeah. um, the fire fire keepers, 400, uh, the NASCAR race and actually have, it's an old school, it's the Kmart 400, I think, from like 1992 or something, the patch here down That's at MIS. So my family, we've, we've had tickets to the August race at MIS for my whole life um, since before I was alive. And so we've kept them in the family, you know, kind of pass them around. Whoever wants to go that year can go. Well, one of my nephews is a huge NASCAR fan. He has just taken on, follows, watches every race. 
He can spit out every statistic, who's winning, um, what the standings are, where they've, you know, won races. He's just, he's, he's really taken on NASCAR. Loves it. Naturally, Eric Jones is his favorite driver, you know, from our neck of the woods, from Byron, but, you know, kind of Swartz Creek, you know, whatever you want to (laughs) say, but, you know, he's from mid Michigan anyway. And, you know, he's one of the better racers in today's NASCAR world. Well, before the race Sunday um, down at MIS, they did a little meet and greet. And, you know, you always, you always hear people say, don't meet, meet your heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause you know, you might get let down or something like that. I think this is the complete opposite because I I might share a picture. My my sister sent some pictures and kept us updated. Eric Jones appears to be the most down to earth, humble, cool guy ever because he was shaking hands with all these kids talking to all of them, giving them all, you know, a couple minutes of his time before the race and even was take, did a Q and a, so my, my nephew, you know, you talk about Ted as a reporter, you got to step up and ask that question. Right. My nephew stepped up and asked the question. He asked him what <laughs> his favorite track is to race at. Eric Jones <laughs> said Darlington. And my sister said right away, my nephew was like, I knew you were going to say Darlington because I watched you win a race there. So I just <laughs> had to throw that out there. It's always cool to hear those kind of stories because, yeah. I mean, this, you know, you hear about core memories. Right. That That's a core memory for my nephew. He's going to remember that. The rest of his life, he got pictures with Eric Jones, autograph. He got to ask Eric Jones a question. So very, very cool. Yeah. And I've always heard good things about Eric. And when you think about it, the NASCAR drivers all seem to have that good attitude that they know the fans make their careers. So yeah. they are friendly. You know, there's there's a lot of sports where they're very standoffish or they won't say anything or acknowledge it. But NASCAR racers in general seem to have that good reputation, you know, that they yeah. – they, they're, it's all about the fans. You know, speaking and, of, of and, MIS, and, go ahead, Jared. Yeah, and uh, I think you're leading to it. I mean, what a, I mean, just what an awesome event that is at MIS, man. I, every time I see that, I'm like, I'm going to go to that next year. I'm going to go mm-hmm. to that NASCAR event next year. I never do. Um, this would have been the year to do it because our boys, Chi-Town, put exactly. on what looked like one hell of a concert uh, yep. in the infield. I mean, what a oh, packed house. Didn't they, they played like multiple nights? Blast. They played Saturday, so okay. that's the is that still called the Bush Series? You know, they played after the race, I think. And there was, according to a source I had, there was over three thousand people there like on it. the infield watching them. Wow, <laughs> it looked like it. Hundred percent looked like it. Uh, it. Just what a cool! I love being at MIS. Kind of like reminds me of going up, you know, up north on vacation. You're kind of off the grid, and it's kind of yeah. like once you walk through those doors and you see that big track and those stands. It's kind of like you're just unplugged for a few days and this is what you're doing. So for that reason, I've always wanted to attend a NASCAR event. And I mean, judging from those Chi-Town videos, they know how to party, man. They certainly do. They do. I I always tell people, I I grew up going to the races. I used to be a big fan. I've I've definitely tailed off a little bit um, or well, quite a bit compared to what I was, but I tell people all the time, maybe like you, Jared, go there. There's not there. a, A live NASCAR event race is one of the cooler sporting events that you can go to, especially at a track like MIS, which is really cool. It's just, you know, you got to get there early, walk around, walk out all the merch yep. trailers, go check out all the wild shirts. Like you said, people definitely know how to tailgate at, at NASCAR beads. races. You know, soak it all in. Get pit passes if you can. Go we'll down get credentials. All right, get yeah, get, get credentials and go down there, see the cars. It, it's a really, really cool event. Um, it's loud. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's just a super cool thing to do. And yeah. then, you know, especially if there's a Chi-Town show after a race, psh, heck yeah, go do it. No but. brainer. Now, I'm going to take a wild shot here, Matt. In your days, were you a Jeff Gordon guy? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still, still have hats and shirts and stuff. Yeah. When he, when he broke onto the scene, I was a rainbow warrior for sure. Right. I mean, I, I remember he was, uh, he was controversial because you know he was like a California boy and he just, he basically day one stepped in and he was like one of the best drivers in on the circuit. So yep. a lot of those, the, the Southern NASCAR guys did not like a California boy coming in, but I, I love, man, I had rainbow warrior hats all over and shirts and everything. Yeah. He was a great racer. No doubt about it. Coolest thing too. Uh, one more quick memory. So it's different now, but back in those days, you know, people would be drinking, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. you know, and just leave their cans everywhere. Well, my dad knew that, I mean, and you guys do too. When you leave an event like that, you're not getting out of that track for six hours. Right. So he would, we would bring garbage bags oh, and he would wow. let my brother and I walk around up and down the, <laughs> and we would fill garbage bags of cans and bottles. And then, you know, that was, he would, my dad would probably just sit, you know, he'd watch, make sure, make sure we're doing all right or whatever. But then we would, I remember vividly, we would go to a Meyer, you know, that was probably just up the road and we would put all those cans in and probably make, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks on cans. Wow. We'd, we'd go get to buy a toy or whatever we wanted to do, man. That was, <laughs> I love that. That was like my favorite part of the That's of wild. race day. <laughs> I can't believe we're just now hearing this. I'll be honest. I, I this is kind of a, uh, decision that I've come to, I feel like recently. So, you know, when we were up North camping, we collected all these cans all weekend. And I honestly want to say at the end of the weekend, they just got thrown in the trash. No, the, the, the returnables I've grown past it. I don't do it anymore. It's yeah, not worth don't. it. The, 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 <laughs> I think the rate it's like with inflation, it needs to get bumped up 20 cents, maybe 30 cents a bottle. Cause it just doesn't get me out of my chair anymore. It's not worth collecting them. I, maybe that's just me. Sounds like Ted, you're the cheapskate. You always do it still. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the tight one. All right. But I will tell you this. I have a garbage can in the garage that they go into when it fills up. I take it to Meyer. I usually come away with 10 bucks and I'm getting groceries anyway. And it takes maybe six minutes to throw them in the container thing. I'm all about it. That's a, that's an easy 10, <laughs> but it's really not. You stink. Yeah. Well, it really cars, is. What's not, what's, you get, you get what's not easy about hands. it. I, it's a big deal. Hey, I'm telling you, you <laughs> money's money. Matter a big old all those beers I would drink over the course of a week up north. Now I will the dumpster. So I'll I'll say I bet there was quick, forty bucks worth. Yeah, I, yeah. You probably could have made a lot after a weekend like that. North Carolina doesn't have deposit, so that's really weird. You just throw them out. It's kind of strange. I still feel uh -huh. weird doing that. Connecticut was only a nickel. <laughs> so now when you, you go down to a nickel, you really have to save up some cans and bottles to get even ten bucks. That made it a bit of a stretch to take him back for a nickel, but yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a Seinfeld episode where they yeah. where Kramer and uh, one of his sidekicks there it might have been Newman. Newman. They decided to take their five cent deposits over to New Jersey because that was ten cents. They no, they were driving get... to Michigan. That was, was it Michigan. Episode. Yeah, was it? they were driving. Yeah, <laughs> and then their Good their memory. car caught on fire or whatever. Okay, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say uh, this this image of you grabbing cans after it sounds like something straight out of like Joe Dirt. It really does. So I don't know. It is I, funny. It's, the, the, the last, hilarious visual. He has the cutoff shorts, the jorts. The la last few weeks or a few weeks ago when we were back in, in Michigan, we we commented like we were in Meyer, and it was weird because seeing people walk in with grocery carts full of cans because you yeah. just you don't see it down here because there's no deposit. And I was like, I almost had to remember, like, oh, yeah, people are bringing their cans back to get their 10, 20 bucks. I think it's a, it's a dying, it's a dying, like, if you're doing that, Ted, you're like last of a dying breed. I, I don't, man. I think it's falling out of favor, man. I really do. 
So, so you just throw 10 bucks every couple weeks away. Is that what you're saying? I mean, how so, much beer do you think I drink? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's not worth the effort if you're going to the grocery store anyway to, to cash them in. Just you, you, just you decide you walking through, go like storing it up for months on months and you're taking up space in your, in your, in your, uh, garage, taking it all the way into town to Corona, 15 minute drive, stinking <laughs> up your car, getting juices all over the place for $10. Like it just, it's you describing it is like you, you made it sound like it was this great business adventure. It sounds idiotic, but whatever <laughs> to each his own. We have to each of us own because I think it's idiotic to throw money away, but that's just me. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get off this topic. We'll have a short entertainment to wrap this episode <laughs> up with. We'll be right back after this. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding area since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcast, they've had three generations. Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and Noah Jacobs working for you. Jacobs Insurance Agency is a big supporter of our area schools and our sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. With offices in Waterford and in Owasso on M21 just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by one of their industry pros. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's the Jacobs family working together to protect yours. Jacobs Insurance Agency. Dr. Ashraf Albana will again be hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will again be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Owasso Memorial Healthcare. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, we don't have much here to go over. I don't have anything brand new, but there's a couple shows I watched that might be a little bit of old news to you, but uh, I did come across a movie on Netflix, and I, I'm quite confident you probably saw it, Where the Crawdads Sing. Did either one yep, of you I've see seen that? that? Yep. That is a very, very interesting movie, and you know you want to stick with that movie all the way through because it does have quite the twist at the end. Uh, it's about this girl who grows up dirt poor in the swamps of North Carolina, and it kind of follows her life and how she gets involved with a couple of different uh, guys. Yeah. It, yeah, and then it just has a great twist. I hadn't really heard anything about it and just put it on one day, and my wife and I both really enjoyed it. I mean, that's a good, solid 2.5. If you're looking for something to watch on Netflix and you haven't seen it, I'd, I'd recommend Where the Crawdads Sing. It's a great based book. Based on a true story? No. Based, based uh, on a, a novel. Book. Yeah, a book. Um, 
no i agree it's like it's a good movie uh obviously i'm sure the book is is way better like they always say um but yeah my girlfriend liz actually put me out of that she read the book and then couldn't put the book down and then like you said the she actually called me right as the twist happened in the book Mm -hmm. um so the movie kind of portrayed it well uh still a good movie worth the watch but yeah yeah great kind of murder mystery kind of is uh the plot it follows yep and then the other thing I've got is I watched it, I don't know, probably a month ago. It was a two-hour documentary on on ABC uh, on 2020. It was called Prisoners of the Snow. And it was uh, a recapping of the story of uh, the the Air Force Flight 571 where the soccer team crashed in the Andy Mount, Andes oh, right. Mountains. And they had 45 passengers, 16 survived. Think of this, 72 days on the mountain in winter. And, of course, the the big twist on that was there was some cannibalism involved. But but, uh, it was was a tremendous documentary if you get a chance to catch it on ABC, uh, you know, uh, 2020. It was really, really well done. And it actually interviewed some of their survivors and their firsthand stories. It, It was really well done. As yeah. a, a, I mean, without giving too much away, I guess everyone, you know, the details, the, the survivors, did they end up okay? Or was there like quite a bit of PTSD or, yeah. you know, health yeah, issues? Yeah, they, they had some of that for sure. But overall, I was, I would think after surviving a plane crash and then, you know, having to, having to do what they had to do to survive, uh, they're, they're actually in pretty good shape. I mean, the, the three or four people that they interviewed, uh, it was very intriguing. You know, there was a movie made in 93 called Alive. Ethan Hawke yep. was the star of that. Uh, but I remember, you know, because this did happen in 1972. I remember when it happened. It was it was big worldwide news story, you know, as they were trying to find this plane that went down. The, the pilot thought he was going in the right direction, but he, he was completely out of whack. It was oh, trying wow. to fly to Peru. Uh, you know, the, the, his last transmission the, the people that were looking for him were looking in a complete wrong place because the pilot had the wrong information on the plane. So it, it was something else that I won't, I won't ruin the ending of how they, how they got out of there, but it was, it was right. amazing. It was just amazing. That is something. That is a story. I've, I've always heard about that movie alive. Uh, and there's actually um, a, a show that kind of loosely really not so much. I'm trying to, I'm blanking on the damn name. Mm-hmm. Uh honey jackets or something like that yellow jackets yellow jackets like, yeah that was similar yeah, follows this kind of a similar idea it goes way wild in the you know basically fiction but uh no I, I will i will check that out i just have <laughs> one quick thing uh it's actually coming out tomorrow they've, they've been a lot of promo all over the place for it johnny manzel uh untold yeah. that docuseries oh, yeah. that docuseries is kind of hit or miss in my opinion i thought right. the monte teo one was great i thought the one on the Pacers and the Malice at the Palace was horrible. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping they do this story justice from kind of the tea leaves they put out uh, promoing it. Basically, he tried committing suicide after he was cut by the Browns, you know, right. diagnosis bipolar. Uh, I mean, I think we all we all lived it and watched it. I mean, what a great time that was in college football when he was at his peak. Uh, and just what a fascinating story to follow. So I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm curious to see how that will turn out. I could see it being bad. I could see it being great. I'll probably watch every second of it either way, uh, but that's coming mm-hmm. out tomorrow. Yeah, that should be good. I saw he was on Dan Lebetard's show today. I, I watched that interview. Um, he seems like he's kind of, you know, come full circle type of thing. Maybe had some growth and all of that, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how the documentary is too. Definitely going to watch it. And the, the last thing that just popped in my mind, uh, Showtime's coming back. 
on uh, I think it came back last night, didn't it? Sunday night. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know so it had gone be... away. I guess I missed that. Well, well like the new season. season two. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? Well, oh, the new season of what? Showtime. The Lakers. The Lakers. Oh, show. Is, yeah. Did that drop? I think it did yesterday. I think I, it I came out yesterday. I do love that show. I didn't. That's a great news. That's exactly what I'm going to watch as soon as we wrap this pod. Well, let's wrap it up, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, they, keeping they, it under a minute. Comes through with a, with a great plug. There, there you go. go, and we got it in under an hour, guys. Look at that. How about that? All right, let's close this out. This has been the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Sign up for a membership, get yourself healthy. Also, thanks to our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance. Corey Shookin Associates, Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Don't forget to follow us on the socials at Three Point Pod. Check out our YouTube channel, and if you have email suggestions of guests or whatnot, email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. Peace and love. Everybody be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.